This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Those who have been coming for a few, you know that the subject is no compromise, and we're looking at this from the book of Daniel. We've done five weeks, and this is week, part five week. Part six, sorry, from chapter six of Daniel. And so I found this quite challenging. I think this is a book that things have been really brought out that have made us think, made us look at where we're at, how God is speaking to us. And I I think this chapter six, again, has spoken quite clearly. And it has been a real great series. And we're talking about Daniel and the effects that things that have happened in his life have had on him and the outcome that we can see that God has made a difference. And there's a new ruler in Babylon and it's a a ruler called Darius. And by now, as we've been through Daniel's life, Daniel's been 70 years captive in Babylon. He's now in his 80s. So he's an older guy, and you'd think really he'd be putting his feet up and he'd be settling down. But through God's grace and goodness on his life and through God prospering him, through these different regimes and generations, we see that God has still got him in a a position where God is using him to be an influence to others. And he's recognized, and it says in verse 3, he's recognized as a man of excellent spirit. This is a guy who there is something about him and people can see it. This is a man who doesn't compromise, who has real qualities, genuine qualities in his life and people can see it. And Daniel is one of three presidents. Darius comes in as ruler and he easily can see that there's something about Daniel and he puts him in a high position. He's one of three guys who are over the land and under those three guys there are 120 other men who look after regions and report back and Darius has this plan that is going to set Daniel not as one of the three but as the chief and he's going to be ruler in this land And he is going to have this supreme position. Now, whether Daniel wants this position, it doesn't say. But he accepts what God brings his way. And he does everything with integrity and with absolute commitment. And that is an amazing thing. And this isn't because Daniel tried to set himself up in a good position. This isn't because he tried to maneuver his way to the top. This is because there was something of God in him and something different about him that would recognize. And the continuous, as we've already seen in the past week, continuous rulers have recognized and seen that there's something in Daniel that is of God. And we see through his life that this is a man that has been promoted. This is a man promoted by God. This is a man who has been put in position. This is a man who God has maneuvered circumstances to put him where he wants him to be, a man who is respected, a man of great character, of integrity. So it's not because he made up to the rulers or the king. It is because God's hand was on his life. And when we look at chapter 6, 
we see that God can use some of this, some of this story, this true story, to speak into our lives. We can see also that Daniel is a type of Jesus. As we unfold this and we look at it and we look into what God is doing, we will see that very similar Daniel is to Jesus and the different circumstances that took place in their lives. Daniel, a man of prayer. Jesus, a man of prayer. Daniel, who wouldn't compromise. Jesus, who never compromised. Daniel, who was known to have an excellent spirit, who grew in grace and favor with man, with rulers. Jesus grew in grace and favor with man and with God. These were so similar. And even though the circumstances that took place in Jesus' life and in Daniel's life were so different in events, the outcome is fantastic. And the way God moved and used it is amazing. So we're going to look at Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to start and read from verse 3. I'm going to read bits here and there, and I will skip bits out but you will get the story. So let's listen to this. Let's read Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel so distinguished himself among the chief ministers and satraps. Satraps are basically just governors of a province. By the exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him, Daniel, over the whole kingdom. At this, the chief ministers, the satraps, tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. How amazing is that? No corruption. They couldn't find anything to point the finger at in this guy, even though now he's in his 80s. You'd think there'd be something you could dig up, wouldn't you? But there was nothing they could dig up on Daniel because he was trustworthy and he wasn't corrupt or negligent. Finally, these men said... We will never find any basis for charge against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So there you go. That, this is what they're aiming at. So these chief ministers, satraps, went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal ministers, prefects, satraps, advisers, governors, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into a lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue a decree, put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. Now, listen to this, verse 10. The, the writing is small. Now... When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home, he went upstairs to his room where the window was open towards Jerusalem. And this is what he did. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. What an amazing man. Even in the face of this situation, he got down on his knees three times a day prayed to his God because he knew where he was, what he had succeeded in, all that he had achieved was all down to God and the fact that he made no compromise when it came to prayer. And even in the face of this opposition, even in the face of this situation, he would not compromise 
on his life, his relationship with God, and would not compromise in prayer. So as we know, he's an older man, and he has not forgotten that the blessings and the goodness that is in his life, his situation, his prosperity, he probably had quite quite a, a nice life, I would imagine, but for all the work he had to do. <laughs> but he didn't forget that that came from God. And he's under pressure now. What do you do when this situation comes your way? What do you do when it would be easy? It's only 30 days. Let's face it, it's a month. It's 30 days. You could go on holiday for two weeks of that, couldn't you? And sort of be not be home. <laughs> but instead of trying to find a reason why he wouldn't be caught out praying to his God, he did it blatantly before an open window, went on his knees, and he was not going to compromise. Neither was he going to pretend or conceal the fact that he loved God. God was in his life, and prayer mattered to him. And he wasn't going to give in to pressure. He wasn't going to compromise. And things sometimes can hinder, can come our way, can make us want to compromise or can make us want to just not bother with things like prayer. And that relationship I have with God might be, oh, it's all right. Why do we have to put any more effort in there? Why, if it's all right, let's leave it alone. And when things are easy for us, when we are in a prosperous position, when we are in a comfortable place, when we are in that perfect job, when we've got that perfect family, when everything is good for us, the car isn't breaking down, everything is good, then it's easy to let things slip. Why do we let prayer and our relationship with God sometimes slip? We can be lazy. We're all different and we all have certain traits and leanings. And for some, yeah, we can be lazy. We can be disinterested. We can be full of the things that we're doing. We're, we're working towards. And so it's not really urgent. Yes, we love God. Yes, prayer matters. But I don't really need anything because everything's good with me and my family and my lot in life. And look at all these people. at Everything's lovely. And so we can let Things become less important. And sometimes things come to challenge us, to make us realize that we maybe need not to compromise on certain things. And so people say, well, why why has this been allowed to happen to me? And sometimes difficulties come and difficulties do come our way. And yes, why has that been allowed? Maybe because it's the first time we've spent an hour in prayer in years. And maybe God isn't bringing those things, but he might just use some of these things to make us think, make us reconsider, make us be determined, make us make a stand. Because unless we have to make a decision, very often nothing happens. But when we can say, like Daniel, I will not compromise on prayer, I will not compromise on my relationship with God, that's when we have to consider and that's why this, this um, series, this on Daniel, this series is so good because it challenges us when we become comfortable, when things just, we allow things to slip sometimes. So continuing on that, Daniel had seen the intervention of God in his life. His, friends, his three friends who went into 
the fiery furnace. He saw miraculous intervention. He knew that his God was a miracle working God. So he could have confidence in God because he knew that this is a God who can, if he chooses to, turn these circumstances around and make things different. And sometimes, you know, you look into the face of a circumstance and it does look impossible. How can that ever be different? How can it ever be? But I can say, and many in this room can say, and Daniel could definitely say, that God is capable of turning things around when it looks impossible to see a good outcome. So we pray sometimes when things are troublesome or difficult in our lives, but God is wanting us to have a greater relationship with him, to believe for more things, not just when life is hard and difficult. But if we pray believing, we will see answers and we will see God stepping in. And one of the reasons I think we don't pray as much is sometimes we don't always get the answer how we want it. We have a plan and we have an outcome. And sometimes the outcome isn't exactly how we expect it to work out. But God is in control of our lives. We've submitted ourselves to a living God. And so we submit ourselves also to the outcomes that he gives us. So we're going to look at prayer, the accusation. Because the things we notice in this situation is an accusation comes Because they can't find anything else to pick at. They can't find anything wrong with his character. So they pick at his relationship with a living God, which is already strong. The thing is, when he comes into this position, Daniel, he's already strong in God. He's already strong in prayer. He already knows what he believes God can do. He already knows God for himself. So he's in a place of strength. And while he's in this position, lions are roaring, hungry lions, fierce, dangerous lions are roaring in the distance, and yet he holds his ground. There's no panic. It doesn't say there's any anger. It doesn't say he has a, an absolute fit. It just says that he went, he knelt down, and he prayed. So we're going to just read from verse 13, a few verses, so you can see what happens with this story. They then went to the king. Daniel, this is the accusers, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. So the king gave the order. They brought Daniel, threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation can't be changed. This situation could not be changed. This was a situation that once Daniel was put in this situation, there was no choice, but he had to go in that lion's den. Daniel is put in the lion's den and it is sealed. Nobody can get him out. He's in there now until the next day. So the enemy sets this trap. And the trap is set. And the enemy intended that this trap 
would be the end of Daniel. This would be the finish of him. We'll be rid of him for good. Whatever reason, you have to bear in mind there's a lot not written here. Because there's all these secret meetings. There's all this conniving behind the scenes. There's all this accusation going on to form this situation where they can get Daniel and be rid of him for good. And they think this is it. It can't be undone, this situation. The king has declared it. He's sealed this now with his own ring, his own signet. This cannot be undone. And it looks like there is no way out. There's no way back. And I tell you what, that reminds me of somebody. That reminds me of Jesus People brought false accusation because he was pure, he was holy, he was good. He was without sin. He was the one you couldn't find fault with Jesus. He was the one who'd gone round showing compassion, healing, loving people. They couldn't find fault, so they brought false witness against Jesus. They brought accusation against Jesus. And they thought, just like they did with Daniel, they thought, We'll be rid of him for good. He'll go to that cross. The Romans will put him on that cross and we'll be rid of him for good. And that Jesus, he'll be gone. He'll be history. I tell you what, Jesus is still making history today. And that Jesus, who they thought they would be rid of because he went on the cross, he brought you and I salvation on that cross. He brought us victory on that cross. He brought victory over death, over hell, over the grave. He brought victory into your future, into my future, into every situation that we bring to him in prayer. That Jesus who they thought they were getting rid of, they are never getting rid of because that Jesus is victorious forever. His name is the name above every name. His name is the one who, when you speak that name, believing, will turn your circumstances completely around. So yes, the enemy will bring accusation. He may bring accusation against you, against me, but God is powerful and that can turn around for our good. We're not accepting that at all. And accusations do come our way. And when we can hear, and some of you in this room will be able to hear the roaring of the lion in your circumstances. And we've all been there or are there where you know that the outcome doesn't look good without the intervention of God. Maybe in your health, in your family circumstances, in relationship, even in employment, in all the different areas that go on in life, in the mind, in, in all that happens to us, the circumstances that come our way. Much of it we can't do anything about. Much of it comes our way whether we want it or not. But even in that, when you can hear those lions roar, God is saying, they will not devour you because I am victorious. They will not devour you. And that is why prayer does matter. That is why there should be no compromise in our lives on prayer because prayer brings us that victory through that Jesus Christ who gives us victory. So when it appears that things are out of control, let's remember that we have given control of our lives to a living God who can do all things. And when your outcome looks bleak, and when, when the doctors said things that have upset you, that have 
Zweitens, when, when fear has come into our lives because of circumstances, let's remember that God is in control. And let's consider the outcome that Daniel got. And let's consider the outcome that Jesus got. So we're going to go on now and we're going to look at the victory. The man of prayer gained his victory. Those who wanted him out of the way couldn't remove him because God's hand was on his life. There was a divine intervention. He says that the lion's mouths were closed, that they did me no harm. That was a miracle. That wouldn't happen under any circumstances, that these hungry lions were going to sit down with Daniel and wait till morning. That wasn't going to happen other than in divine intervention and a move and an act of God in that. When he came out, there was no harm, no harm at all to him. God made a rubbish situation come out as a testimony to the goodness of God. So no, he isn't dead and gone in this situation. No, Jesus isn't dead and gone. He will live on and reign forever. And divine intervention which came through the cross, which brought us victory over sin and brought us freedom, has brought us to a place where we can live in victory. It's not just the victory of the cross for Jesus, but it's the victory of the cross for you and for me. Jesus gained that, that place for you. Because when it... When it I, what happened was that afterwards, Daniel was placed in a better position. He was put in a place where he had more power, more dominion. He was in a greater place because God had brought him through. Jesus, he came off that cross, rose from the dead, and he's seated in heavenly places. He's everywhere. He's in your life. He's in my life. Jesus, the... The situation didn't just get put right, but was exalted. Jesus was exalted into a higher situation, a place that he couldn't get into a higher place. Daniel, short of being Darius, couldn't get into a higher position. Let's remember that God isn't just going to get us through, but he's going to take us on to a better place, to a better position in himself and in our circumstances, in our realm, in our world. Jesus was raised to life, to power. The name of Jesus is powerful, and through it, he brings us forgiveness, and he is an empowering us. And one of the ways that we have been empowered is through the word of God that teaches, teaches us how to pray and how not to compromise on the things that matter. In conclusion, I want to share with you the fact that Jesus' victory means that he also can carry our burdens. He can carry that stress, that sickness. He says, give me your burdens because he wants to carry them with us. So easy it is when difficulty comes and we stress and we try and work our way out of it and we try and think, what can I do? And yeah, we do have to take action when we're in a sticky situation. 
But if we will pray and get direction and see God's intervention working in it, through us, with us, when we know that that sickness is bad, and yet we believe that there's a miracle working God, he will carry that burden, he will take that anxiety, he will take that stress and that fear, and we can pray. And as we pray, believing, it changes our attitude, it changes our circumstances, it changes our outcome. So we can pray in confidence. Just as Daniel prayed in confidence and saw a fantastic outcome. Exercising the power that he had in prayer. And we have been given that power. God can answer prayer and be a miracle working God today, now, in our circumstances. He can silence the roaring lions that we can hear in that distance. He can shut the mouth of that lion that we think is so powerful when our circumstances look impossible. We have a God, it says, we have a God who can do all things. I'm going to share just a couple of small things because I want you to go encouraged and empowered. And in Daniel 6, verse 17, it says, this is a fantastic verse. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of that lion's den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And we all know that we sometimes mistakenly think that people seal our fate that circumstances seal our outcome, seal our future. The king put his seal on it and that couldn't be changed. And it looks as though when people have control over us or circumstances manipulate us or people would seek to manipulate us and control us. And it looks as though it's an impossible situation. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. I know, and as I'm writing this down, I'm saying to myself, one thing I know for sure is that I am sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. No man, no circumstances will determine the outcome of my life because I am sealed and contained in God by his power, by his spirit. And by that power that he has invested in me, that I can pray believing I reject the control of man. I reject other people sealing my circumstances. And I believe that that verse is put there to say to you, to say to me, God will seal your circumstances and seal your future. Be encouraged in that. And I've only one more thing to share, and that is to glorify God. Because Darius, the ruler, when he had seen such a massive, victorious, amazing outcome take place, this is what he says, Daniel six twenty six, I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end.
He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So it goes on to say Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. It was recognized because of all this that this is the true, the holy, the living God. And he can still perform mighty signs and wonders. This is still a God who is active, who is alive, and who is doing things today. And that same God is the very same God that has sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. And he's still active in his people. He's still working miracles. So yet we're going to believe, accept and believe that these things are still true. These things still happen. And this God of ours is still able, more than able. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.